This is the greatest story ever podcast. There comes a time when all the cosmic tumblers have clicked into place and the universe opens itself up for a few seconds to show you what's possible. With Keith Conrad. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. This is the greatest story ever podcast, and my guest today is John Benedict. Now, John is the organist for the Chicago Cubs. Hello. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about just, that just right now. Just drop that one in there, yeah? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're not going to mention that right now. Uh, and, and, you know, my, my quest on this podcast is to gather the, the most crazy, unbelievable life experiences that, uh, people have ever had. And, uh, one person I might have to track down and, and try to get on this here podcast is, uh, Mike Evans of Woodson Terrace, Missouri. See, Mike and some friends were rafting in the Merrimack river on uh, Saturday over the weekend when he and a friend decided it was a good idea to go wading in the water for a while. And they ended up uh, coming upon some deeper water and, and had to swim back to the raft. And when they were getting back in the raft, uh, Mike noticed that his prosthetic leg was missing. Uh, that's it's kind of a kind of a downer. The prosthetic limb was worth about $27,000. Now, uh, Mike and his friends searched the river, but they uh, were not able to find the the limb. And uh, a Missouri state trooper heard about uh, the situation and contacted him to request more information about where the leg might be so he could send a dive team to search for it. And uh, the dive team actually found it in, in uh, less than three hours, so, uh, so good for them. But I, I have concerns. This is at least the third story of someone losing a prosthetic limb in the past week. Uh, you got to keep better track of these things, people. And you would have heard about each and every one of them if you'd sign up for my free email newsletter at keithconradmedia.com. You'll get the same sort of show prep I'd be gathering for a radio show, you know, if I was still gathering show prep for a radio show, along with my snarky commentary, some goofy gifts, and uh, all of it's for free. So what's not to like about that? Now, uh, John Benedict is here, and uh, as we mentioned, he's the Cubs organist, but we're not going to talk about that. Um yeah, you're you're here to uh, to share your own harrowing sea tale. <laughs> Man, it's been a long time uh, since I've even talked about it. But it's been even longer since it happened. Uh, well, uh, well, you just want me to get started? Yeah. Oh, yes. No. Yeah. Well, I'll tell it. I'll tell it how I remember it. I'm sure the uh, few others on the boat with me will remember it differently. But uh, I'm down in uh, near on uh, Port Charlotte in Florida. So Mm-hmm. Like Tampa Bay, just bigger and scarier. Right. Um, uh, we decide, me and my dad and my sister decide to rent a boat. And, you know, my dad being as frugal as anybody, uh, looks for the absolute cheapest uh, service to do this. There are plenty of marinas in Florida. That's kind of the nature and well, economy of Florida is water. So, mm -hmm. but you know, most of these were, uh, they cost quite a bit of money because they're convenient and well run. Right. So, you know, the, the only time I can remember my dad uh, or my family renting a boat was at uh, Saugatuck, uh, Michigan. Okay. And um, 
like literally just rented the boat, walked right out and, and, and took it out for a spin. And, and I'm kind of horrified at the idea that, that a company would just let you do that. Like it, it seems like you do. Yeah, that's that. basically the gist of, of, of this organization. It's a, in mm-hmm. a town just at the very, very Northern tip of Port Charlotte called El Jobin. Um, and the, the Marina, I can't even tell you the name. I doubt it's even still in business, but this is, I think this is like 20, ugh. 2013 it's been seven years i'm just trying to remember but so the first boat we take out i'll tell you why it's the first boat uh it was a pontoon boat Mm -hmm. and we we make our way at this point my mom and my younger sisters are with us they made the smart decision by getting off early um we take the pontoon boat out into you know probably 20 hmm, probably 20 yards out Mm-hmm. And it's already pretty choppy. And, and a pontoon boat, the nature of it is not very streamlined. It's meant to hold a bunch of people and kind of be a, a, a leisurely social boat rather than yeah, a, a lot of times you're taking a grill out there and just just sort of enjoying the day. I have done that. And it's 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 manageable on a pontoon boat. It really is. Just don't light your boat on fire. That's all. Yeah, that that helps. But we you know, my mom, the smart one of everyone on this boat. And it's me, my dad, my cousin, and his son, and then my two sisters. And my mom and my younger sister both are like, yeah, we really don't feel like going. Can you take us back? And me and my dad kind of look like, come on, really? Like, you got to go all the way back, only 20 yards away, but it's like, come on. So we turn around, park, and I can't remember the exchange in between exchanging this boat. And we get a a 20-foot skiff. Kind of like a, like a fishing boat, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's got a pretty good outboard on it, and it can move pretty well. So we're like, yeah, this might be able to chop through the waves a little better. Um, so my mom's like, yeah, we're going back. Let us know when you guys are done. We'll come pick you up. And we're like, okay. <laughs> so uh, we we embark once again, and we 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 re- we realize pretty quick. We look down at the gas gauge, and it shows empty. But we radio back to the marina saying, hey, the gas gauge says empty. Is that true? They're like, oh, no, no, it just doesn't work. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> and we're like, uh, you didn't say that before we left. Like, oh, you trust me to get to where you're going and back, you'll have plenty. And we're like, okay. <laughs> I don't even remember if we told them where we were going, but you know, apparently he is, you know, he just knows. Well, we we're actually going to Cuba, but, uh, you know, I guess we'll just take your word for it. Yeah, we're going to Key West. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. all the fuel in the world is on this boat, apparently. But the distance, so we were going from El Jobin to Caya Costa Island, which is a trek of about 28 miles. Mm-hmm. And... You don't realize how far 28 miles is until now, now is uh, is that island like 28 miles away from the uh you know like just straight out from the the mainland or No or? no no it's okay. so the, the, the we're at the very very top of the of Charlotte Harbor and if you look at a map it's way at the very tip called El Jabin and you travel all the way down to the bottom where the Gasparilla passes between Charlotte Harbor and the Gulf of Mexico. And Cayo Costa is one of the intercoastal um, 
uh, island. It's a state park. There's no one that really lives on it, but it's it's great to go to you know pick out shells and just hang out. It's a it's a pretty quiet beach, but you can only get there by boat. Mm-hmm. So again, um, we have no idea how much gas we have. There is no navigation. We have to read a map that none of us know how to read. And I'm telling you, I've never seen such large waves. And at mo- most of the time, the harbor isn't that vast where at points you, you can see the shoreline. But the waves were making it difficult. The boat's only about 18 to 20 feet long. We're gunning it. So the way we're hitting the waves, we're just skipping. And we have no idea where we are. It's also cloudy. So the, the frame of reference of where the sun is, we have no idea exactly where we are or what time of the day it is unless we look. Also, you don't own the boat. So it's not like you know for sure that this is how you're supposed to be handling. Right. No, plus, and, you know, I'm not driving the boat. I'm, I don't think, I, I, 2013, I'm, I'm, nine, eh, I'm 19. So like maybe, I don't even think I was at all. I can't remember. Don't even, don't quote me on any of these dates. But <laughs> <laughs> seriously, because I'm like, I, I can look at, I can go back and look at pictures. I know what shirt I was wearing. That's the weird part. I know I was wearing like this blue t-shirt and there are pictures online of the aftermath and it's pretty messy. But um, <laughs> foreshadowing, woo. So we get to Gasparilla Pass, and that's where things get really bad because there's conflicting currents. The current from the Gulf of Mexico is coming in, and whatever's coming out of the harbor is out, and it's notorious in Florida for being rough pretty much 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are cigarette boats, these high-speed passing down the intercoastal highway, and we're just being bombarded by all this commotion. And our goal is just to get to the island, and we're not even looking for the dock. There is a dock. But we did not look for it. We simply said, where's the nearest beach? And we're going to beach this boat because we need to get out of it. So, uh, yeah, this is – so we beach it. And um, that was a mistake because it took everybody basically to just dig around it to get it back in the water. Um, and after we on the island, we're on the island for like an hour. And we get there, and we're, we're pretty relaxed. It was a rough ride, but we know that we have to go that whole way back. We know it's going to be rough. Um, and it got windier. It had to. Um, so we get back in the boat after spending time on the island, and we go back around the island to get to, to connect with the Intercoastal Highway, which is uh, this long stretch of pontoons that just go from, I think, Bradenton up by Tampa all the way down to Fort Myers. It's like really nice. And you, if you just want to take a day to go along the coast, it's great, but we're not going on the air coast highway. We connect to it. And then we have to go back into the Harbor where there are no buoys. There's no indication of where we're going unless we knew the waters. Um, it's choppy to the point where we can't see over the next wave. And the, the, the point I know the reason why you brought me on is be, the, this one moment where it's a rogue wave. There were like two of them converge and it, the boat, I'm not kidding you, was facing the sky. We couldn't see over the top and we land so hard that my dad, who was sitting in a chair, he ends up on the floor. I don't, I, I look back and he's just gone. My sister is sitting in the very back. So she got the, she didn't get the worst of it, but I'm sitting in the front where the boat went up completely. And I'm called the bow, John. What? 
It's called the bow, John. You know, you know what? You, can, can you tell we weren't supposed to be driving this boat? Can Can you tell <laughs> just by my, the the vernacular of of my my? I, I am no nautical. It's all nautical nonsense. That's what it is. But yeah. it's, it's terrible. So the I'm 20 feet in the air as far as I'm concerned. And when the boat comes down, my goal is just to not land in the water. That's just my goal. Mm-hmm. And when I when the boat lands, my dad kills the engine. I hear the engine just die. We're, we're, we're dead fish sitting in the middle of this harbor. And I'm hanging off the edge of this boat. I, I, I was in the boat. And then I wasn't in the boat. I was not entirely in the water, but I know that <laughs> whatever happened wasn't supposed it's to happen. It's not where you wanted to it's be. It's not where I wanted to be. And like I, ugh, uh, I'm try, I tried to, we try to navigate back. We take it very slow because we all realize we're all we're all big sticks until one of us almost falls out of a boat in the middle of the worst waters in Florida, filled with sharks and tarpon and everything in between. Oh, but um, we ended up making it back probably in two two hours. I probably, I'd say it took, took, took about two hours. We were taking it very slow, probably no, no faster than 20 knots. Um, and there is a point in the harbor where you cannot see across it. And we just mm-hmm. are betting that we're, we're going north. <laughs> That's where we just need to bet that we're going north. And the indicator was this bridge that goes over the northern part of the tributary of the, uh, of the harbor. And we mm-hmm. see it. And it, it was like Ellis Island, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> it was a beautiful sight. <laughs> and uh, we, end up ma- we, we, we make it in. And we, we, we haven't gone back <laughs> to, to that. <laughs> um, yeah, you haven't, you haven't set foot in the state of Florida since. Well, I, I, no, we have. Me and my dad... Uh, we 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 decided that it's it's okay to spend a little bit more money on quality boat rental service, and we have not regretted it. We've had maybe, great maybe a maybe a guide, maybe a, a captain for not even for that. Me. I think honestly, that was the the only training I needed was almost dying. Um, <laughs> and every boat experience since has been awesome. We haven't had any issues. Uh, we've gone to, back to that island. We've gone out into the Charlotte Harbor. We haven't had to go all the way north, but I mean, just don't do that. I mean, it's, 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 yeah. So that's 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 basically the gist so, of it. But so so after your uh, after your harrowing uh, uh, experience, uh, do you watch the movie Titanic and and you feel yourself being like? Yeah, I'd, I've I've been there. It, it, it's it's tough. You're you're not going to make it more than twenty minutes in, in the water. <laughs> I'll never let go. I promise. Well, that's the North Atlantic, and while I'm in the nice, warm, tropical waters of <laughs> the Gulf and the Charlotte Harbor, I imagine if I fell in, I'd I've been freaking out. I had a vest on. I had a life vest. I wasn't that stupid, but man, I. I've only, I'll be honest, I've only watched Titanic once, but I relate to that guy who's hanging off the bow, smart ass, uh, where he then falls into the water. That was my biggest fear because honestly, I don't think I was touching the water. I'm not a very tall person, but hanging off the edge of the boat and not knowing where the water was, not knowing what was around me, that, that does freak you out. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And and especially because uh, you like, I, I can picture you like, in the the milliseconds that you're like in the air, mm-hmm. thinking I don't want to land in the water. I don't want to land in the water. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I landed in the water. I should have landed in the water because it hurt, dude. It was 
probably, probably would have been easier if you landed in yeah, the water. Yeah, but again, like you get in the water, you're you're losing all perspective. And you were telling that the, the that little teaser about your friend who had a you know kayaking incident with a prosthetic. But I I also had a kayaking incident in May of this year. It was like a week before my birthday, and like water freaks me out a little bit more now. Just you have to like realize how strong it is. So I'm, out, I'm up near Lake Geneva, and we. Me and my, it's me and my dad again. Just don't travel with my dad. If you ever get the opportunity, don't. But uh, the White River is a shallow, pretty, uh, pretty clear water, but it moves really quick. And we get to this point where it splits off into two different directions. And you have the option to go one way or the other, obviously. But you can see the one way first, and then the other way is around a corner. And you can't really decide what to do with that route until you get there. It's very, it comes up very quick. And it's, this, this river is notorious for, for felled trees. And uh, over on the, 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 the one route that's obvious, you can't go. It's completely blocked. So we're like, all right, we have no choice. We have to go the other way. We turn the corner. There's a tree right in the middle. And it's damming up all the water. And it's still moving. It's cooking. And my dad's ahead of me. He hits the tree. And he turns sideways. And he starts taking in water. And I'm yelling at him, get out, get out, get out. Because it's, it's not going to end well. I hit it secondly, and I'm trying to turn the kayak around. The way you the way you park the kayak is you turn against the current and you pedal towards the shore, so you kind of use the the current as a brake. But I didn't turn fast enough. I hit the tree. I'm already about about 45 degrees tilted, and I take water immediately, and I ditch. And most of the time, the river is maybe a foot deep at the deepest. It's very mm-hmm. shallow. You can get out and just you know if you need to walk on the shore to move or whatever. I swear it had to be six feet deep here because the water was dammed up. So I get in the water, I'm done, and the water takes me. And the next thing I know, my face is pressed up underneath the log that I hit underwater, and I can't move. Because on the left side of me, there's more branches that's keeping me from continuing downstream. And to the right of me is my kayak that I fell out of pressing me against this log. So I'm trapped. The only way I was able to get out is I was able to sneak my hand between the kayak and the log. The log isn't that big around, thank goodness. I grabbed a, a branch or a piece of a branch to pull myself up, to pin myself between the kayak and the log. So I'm now out of the water. I can breathe and think a little bit, but I'm still pressed between this log and the kayak. And I kind of use the pressure of the, the, the kayak to make my way to the shore. And no, it's May. So it's very cold. I am fully clothed with sweats and a hoodie. Mm-hmm. And it was it was very unfun. And you don't, you know, I thought about it for like the rest of the week. Like that could have gone very poorly. But yeah, the, the you, people underestimate the water. People will go to the beach and there's a you know yellow flag. And, you know, Lake Michigan does this, but the yellow flag up warning of the undertow. And people just don't get it. And it looks pretty normal on the surface. There's waves or whatever. That's what but the people who are Olympic swimmers will be taken by that undertow. Mm-hmm. And I think I read it takes maybe six inches of, of water, like of moving water to move a car. And I yeah. was in six feet. So it just you just felt that you I was hopeless. I could not move. So, have you seen the movie Jaws, John? Yes, I've seen the movie Jaws. Uh, you, you may not know this since you're, you know, may, maybe you're not the history geek that I am, but uh, we're, we're recording this on 
on July uh, 30th. And uh, that is actually the anniversary of the sinking of the USS Indianapolis. And uh, in the movie, uh, Jaws, Quint is uh, a a veteran of the, a survivor of the USS Indianapolis because there were 1,200 crew members when the ship went down. About 300 or so uh, uh, died with the ship when the ship went down. So there were about 900 left and only 300 were rescued because the rest were eaten by sharks. Oh, my goodness. You on the Indianapolis? What happened? Japanese submarine slammed two torpedoes into her side, Chief. She was coming back from the island of Tinian to Lady, just delivered the bomb, the Hiroshima bomb. 1,100 men went into the water. Vessel went down in 12 minutes. Didn't see the first shark for about half an hour. Tiger, 13 footer, you know? You know that when you're in the water, Chief? You tell by looking from the dorsal to the tail. What we didn't know was our bomb mission had been so secret, no distress signal had been sent. (laughs) They didn't even list us overdue for a week. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, They they were actually... uh, they're actually out in the middle, stranded out in the middle of nowhere, just floating out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean for about a week. Oh, my gosh. Because this was the ship that carried the core for the atomic bomb we dropped on uh, on Hiroshima. Uh-huh. So it was a top secret mission. And so they weren't actually like exp- they, they weren't on the manifest. So no one really knew that they were gone for a week. Not even the military? No. Are you serious? Yeah, so they, so they were floating out there until oh, wow. <laughs> until they they were they were found. I I, I think it, it actually was a a rescue crew that, uh, that that found them, but it it took several days for them to be found, and and uh, you know the sharks just kept picking them off. So when you watch the uh, the the movie Jaws uh, in the future, uh-huh. are you going to be looking at that and going, yeah, I I, I get it, Quint. I'm I'm not wearing a life jacket either. Anyway, oh my God. we delivered the bomb. Dude, like, what's it called when you're like afraid of the open ocean? What is that? Um, is that drowning. Is that what that is? I, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm a a rightful philosopher. Like, uh, I, I, I couldn't imagine that. That is, that is something beyond. Like, that makes my story like, oh, so you went to the beach? Cool. <laughs> That's, my goodness. He went to the beach and hit some waves. Yeah, hit some waves and then something happened and then you're you're still alive and fine and you ate dinner that day. So. Uh, you know, the the, uh, the sinking of the U.S. of Indianapolis and the Titanic, for example, were, were uh, sort of one-off uh, historical events. Uh, I, th- I think yours is probably a, a little bit more uh, so- something that people can relate to. It can relate to. I can, I can give motivational speeches with my story you could like titanic survivors they just you know they get to work with james cameron and and that that's it but otherwise Uh, there aren't any left but but they used to (laughs) they they, they used to Uh, thanks so much for uh, joining me and sharing your story john sure thing man and if you think you can top john's story uh shoot me an email at greatest story ever podcast at gmail.com it won't be hard